Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. Welcome to this week's episode of On the Up and Up. This is one of my favorite topics, and I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet because there's so much that can pack a punch when we're talking about employee engagement. So one of the biggest things that I think has been a hot topic of discussion over the past few years, especially in remote business and remote teams and even just the competition for employees and for good employees and good talent on your teams is how to keep them engaged in their jobs. And I think that there's a bit of a debate um, because, you know, I started this podcast as a response to the anti-work movement that's out there. And I think I was just a few years ahead of a lot of the people that were sharing their stories about terrible work environments and things like that because of my previous experiences. So you can go back and listen to one of our podcast episodes that we'll link in the show notes, which is all about what's stopping you from hiring anyway, if you want to know my kind of origin story. But when it comes to building a team, and I think this is kind of the special sauce of HR, is the more capable you are of getting your employees engaged in their jobs, the more that you are going to get out of them and the more profitable those hiring decisions are going to be and the more productive your people are going to be. And I don't mean productivity in the way of like, let's get the most out of all of their time. I don't think that that is the point of building a team, although we do want to make sure that we're getting a return on our investment for our employees. But when done right, that's kind of set up from the beginning, um, which we can talk about later. But I think that when it comes to employee engagement, it's funny, I was asking ChatGPT for some um, examples of employee engagement. And the ones that they gave were really funny, like um, the Avengers, which is funny because my husband and I decided to watch the like all the Avengers movies, all the Marvel movies, like from the beginning during COVID and it took us a long time. Um, but now I had gone from like, I didn't even understand that there was like different universes and stuff. Um, but now I like know all these references. So if you're a Marvel fan, then chat GPT was basically saying like, um, thinking about Iron Man, like when he's fully engaged, he's focused, passionate and committed to saving the world. <laughs> and he like fights evil and he's like all into it. And then they it compared um, Iron Man to being like a really engaged employee. But the disengagement is when you're under Loki's mind control, which honestly, Loki's the hottest Avenger of all. Um, is he an Avenger? Or maybe he's just like related to Thor? I don't know. Um, I just went into this whole thing about how I've watched all of these movies, but it's basically talking about like when Loki like controls your mind and everyone's just going through the motions like, blah, 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 you know, whatever. You're not really engaged. You're not really invested. Um, it's kind of 
like a robot is out there doing this job that you've put out there for a human person to do. And the thing that I think is really interesting is the gap between the acceptability of robotic work, meaning checking things off a list and not really putting in extra effort or extra personality, and an engaged employee is just widening with our ability to use things like chat GPT or other AI to help us to bridge the gap between some of those basic tasks. I mean, this is a really great example and it's from a robot. So it's really interesting how kind of meta this conversation is. Um, but the, the other example that it gave us was talking about if you're a Friends fan, which I am, um, Essentially talking about how when all the friends are sitting on the couch and they're all engaged in a conversation, they're joking, they're laughing, like you know that feeling of being like engaged in a conversation, being in that flow state of like hanging out with your friends or like you're just so enraptured in the conversation. Like I remember when I was little, like literally nine, ten years old, like hanging out with my friends and just thinking like we were having these great conversations about whatever. And I remember just I literally remember thinking like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like I wish this could last forever. Like I really don't want this to end. I don't want to go home. I don't want my friends to go home. Like and I'm sure we were like in a tree, like talking about like whatever we overheard, like <laughs> the birds and the bees or whatever the heck. But I think it's just really funny to think about. We all know that feeling of being in that flow of being like so engaged in a conversation. And I think especially as an entrepreneur, we're always kind of searching for that feeling, that searching for that feeling of flow. And I think that one of the coolest things that we can do is to give that engagement and to provide a space for that engagement for our team members. And I think that one thing that gets flipped on its head is that we think we have to give them an outline of all the things that they can do in order to get to this space and provide for the company, when really what we can do is give them a lot of ways to add value to their company, get ROI for their position to keep them employed, to keep the company successful, but with tons of space to pursue their own discretionary effort. So that's the next thing I wanted to talk about is discretionary effort. So when you have an employee, the biggest thing that we get from our employees that's different from our contractors is discretionary effort. And I can say this as a contractor. <laughs> we go back and forth with making sure that we're checking off all the deliverables on the list and kind of taking that extra step. So for example, we're currently working with a client that has a whole bunch of California employees. And I live in California, have been operating under California HR law and HR ethics for a really long time. And so there's so I can see there's so many opportunities to advance their experience working with us, um, being a California employer and saving them money in certain areas and helping to facilitate a, a smoother experience and also m to cut down on those like gut gut checks when you get an email or something that's like or you get served an ad or whatever that's like have you heard about sexual harassment requirements in your state? Which yes, they exist. <laughs> um, but then you're like, oh my God, like I just hired this employee. I didn't know I had to provide this type of training as well. Um, so just keeping in mind that there's my point is that I know that there are all these little gaps and holes in their experience as a California employer, but not all of those gaps and holes are going to be addressed during the contract that we have. So being able to kind of take that extra step into a discretionary effort, I have the time, I have the space to let them know about what may be coming for them three, six, nine, twelve, two, three 12, two, three years down the road. 
um, is going over and above on top of what the contract provides. But that's not going to be valuable or reasonable for contractors to do. We want to respect that they're running their own businesses and that time is going to be better spent going and making money for their own initiatives. So with our employees, if we're able to create a position that has a gap in the output that they're putting towards our company and money-making activities to a discretionary effort, meaning that there's white space for them to add value, research topics, add education, add um you know, whatever the case may be, extra things here and there, then I think that we are creating a space for people to create engagement in their own job. So as employers, it may feel like, oh, I want to create engagement for them. I want to give them, they have four hours. Like I want to find a way to make sure they're engaged for all those four hours. And the biggest mistake I see people make is that they turn those four hours into tasks tasks with deadlines. And there are so many better ways to get engagement out of our team members. So today I want to just talk about the basics, um, but over time and also in our management course, foundations course, you can dive into this a lot deeper and talk more about what you can do within your business and also things like gamification on your team. We used to do things like playing bingo when we had to make a lot of phone calls to see if we could get somebody to say the word noodle or something like that, you know, um, and just turning some mon- monotonous kind of worky work tasks into something fun and exciting and engaging. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that's saying, you know, yeah, whatever. I don't want another pizza party. And that's true if that's your only way to engage your employees, but buy them the pizza, but then also create gamification in, in their day to day. Um, I think it's really fun to be able to think about ways to do that within your own business. And that's truly what HR strategy is. So HR compliance, that's your handbook. HR strategy is how you get your people to do what they want to do, to do what you want them to do, to use their discretionary effort and the value of your business and to help propel things forward. Um, But I'll dive into those three ways that you can actually, the little things that you can control on the way and to guide some of the conversations that you can have when it comes to employee engagement. So first things first um, is talking a little bit about the short term of their positions. So when we're thinking about keeping people engaged, first, we want to make sure that we're doing whatever we can to provide them a space to be engaged on the short term of their position, meaning the little things that come up every single day. Do they enjoy their work? Do they like to um, do they like the clients that they're working with? Do they like the conversations that they're having? Do they like the Voxer chat that's open with the team? Do they like sending, you know, do they laugh at the gifts they get in Slack? You know, do they like that they get to be at home or if you have employees in person? Do you like that they get to come into the office? Have you created a space that's fun for them? And it's not a pain in the butt. I remember one of the jobs I had was in downtown San Diego and we had to walk super far from our parking lot into our office. And it's, you know, not exactly the safest walk sometimes. Um, Little things like that, you know, the day-to-day hassles of your, of getting somebody to get from their life into their work life. 
and bridging that gap and creating that space, I think is really important. And it's often overlooked because we as, as entrepreneurs, we as CEOs, or even if you're a manager or an HR person, you're really focused on the big picture a lot. But what kind of keeps people coming back for more is the things that are happening on the day to day that are contributing to their overall wellness and happiness at work. Um, so if they're engaged in the things that they're doing on the day to day, then that's a really great way to start. So one of those things is their take-home pay. So making sure that their take-home pay is aligned with the work that they're doing. Does that mean it's taking care of all of their needs? Maybe not. Maybe you have an employee that only works five to 12 hours a week and they have other things going on, but making sure that it is worth it and it is engaging enough for them to show up, get paid the amount that you're able to offer that's in alignment with the rest of your compensation strategy and making sure that it's fair. I think more people are aware of fair pay than than the loud voices out there, which is just more and more and more pay. Um, so being able to kind of balance the compensation, the day-to-day compensation of your employees with the enjoyment of their work, the tasks that they like to do, the tasks that they have to do, um, and the relationships that they're building, those are all ways that we can balance out their short-term engagement. So I wanted to drop a little bit of knowledge in there about the pay because it's not always about you know, kind of that hierarchy of needs, making sure that they're getting all of their needs met. Because truthfully, our company has its own hierarchy of needs, and we have to make sure that we're paying people fairly while keeping the company viable. So when we're thinking about short term, you might be thinking, oh, well, obviously, they want to make sure that their short term pay is handled, and it's fair, and it's equitable, and that they can rely on it, and they're getting what they need. That might not always be the answer or the questions that you have to answer. But if you're able to couple their compensation, make sure it's fair, and that they have those short-term other like day-to-day fun things, other day-to-day engagement things like having relationships with other people at work. Um, You know, there are statistics out there that if you are, if you have someone that you consider your best friend at work that you can talk to, that you can engage with, that you can hang out with, um, then you're going to be significantly happier in your job. So I'm not quoting any of those stats because I just thought of it right now, but <laughs> sort of like the friends, um, there's reasons that those shows go on for such a long time because the people, the actors that were on those shows are engaged in their job just as much as they're engaged in each other. And I think that that's just a funny example because I think when you see good chemistry within your work environment, then those good relationships, even in the remote work environment, then you have a lot of longevity. Because at the end of the day, people do just, we just want to have fun on the day-to-day. We want to be happy. We don't want to feel like tortured every single day. However, you know, most, a lot of times it is work. I'm not here trying to say like, you know, every day is going to be a thrill, but we can set a standard that they're doing things that they mostly enjoy and that bring value to the company, but also there is space for them to seek out tasks and education and engagement related things that bring them, that are just fun, that are just fun and add some discretionary effort, things that they're interested in. It's great if you can align those things, um, those day-to-day tasks with things that they like to do. That's why hiring strategy is so important. And I really suggest listening to 
the podcast episode we did with Meg about hiring strategy because all this comes down to the beginning. But if you already have people on your team and you're looking to increase engagement, have these conversations with them. Ask them these questions. What is it that you like to do each day? What is it that you don't? And don't walk into those conversations like, are you happy? (laughs) You know, It's your job to figure out if they're happy by their answers and also figure out how to get that 1% better every single time you have a conversation with them, 1% more engaged. And lastly, mentorship. So it's really important that you invest in yourself as a leader or the other managers on their team, or even connect them with other mentors that are outside of your business. Um, It's great if people, especially our part-time employees, but also our full-time employees, um, have a little bit of alignment with their overall goals. And sometimes we can't always be the mentor that they're looking up to every single day to learn from. So make sure that you are a mentor that's worth respecting. And sometimes that means seeking out support in order to make sure that we can increase that short-term engagement on their day-to-day tasks and their job by ensuring that they have someone that they can respect to report to. All right. So our second, the second employee engagement checkpoint is long-term engagement. So a lot of these do play into those short-term tasks, um, but they just take it a little bit further. And these are where you're going to be spending a little bit more time and money on investment. So these aren't just things like, hey, I really want to um, make sure that you feel really cared for while you're at work. And so I'd like for you to you know, you, here's a better help subscription or whatever. You have to ask them, you know, like, what is it that would make you feel secure? I mean, I can't work. I've worked for a small business for a long time. And there were times when I was in my mid twenties, when I would literally be laying awake at night wondering, oh my God, like I haven't started investing in a 401k. Like, am I ever going to retire? You know, that kind of stuff does keep people up at night and it can be a pretty low cost solution to provide long-term, um, engagement regarding financial well-being. Um, So that's the first kind of way that I would attack that long-term engagement. So if you're sitting down having a conversation with your team member and you're talking about employee engagement, you're talking about their engagement in their job, of course, we want to tackle all those short-term things. It's really high value, those short-term engagement things, the things that they're doing every day. People will stay in a job that meet their short-term expectations for a really long time. Um, But if you want somebody that's in it, in it with you, then being able to meet those standards of long-term engagement is going to be super important too. And the very first most obvious way to do that is through the other side of their compensation and benefits, through their long-term financial well-being. So whether it's something that is gaining, you know, maybe it's garnering time towards their mental or physical health, maybe it's um, ensuring that their work allows a space for them to pursue their own long-term financial interests. Maybe it's creating a an opportunity for a 401k or an IRA or even a meeting with a financial advisor, which can be free. Um, just setting people up for success for the long-term and then figuring out how you can help to add value there. There's often ways to do this for just a few hundred dollars a year, and it can make a really big difference in the engagement that your team member has in their job. Now, there's obviously a lot higher value ways to do this. So like 401k matching or things like that. But people get really freaked out about it. And I'll do another episode on benefits another time. But I just want to say, if you have an employee that's making $100,000 a year, then if you're doing a 3% match, that's only 3%. That's $3,000 a year, which spread out over the course of 12 months is 
you know, math isn't working for me right now, but it's only a few hundred bucks a month. So realistically, I think that we get a little bit more, I think we spend a lot more time being freaked out by being able to create long-term value for our employees than we than would actually require us to just handle it and do it. Um, second, education and upskilling. So being able to create value in their education, things that they can add to their resume to get another job later, that's one of my favorite ways to add value. I mean, I'll be honest, Paradigm is just a gigantic summary of my resume. So at the end of the day, when I was going through and putting discretionary effort into my jobs, all the jobs that I've had leading up to this moment or leading up to this time, it and even through Paradigm, I'm constantly looking for ways to add more and more and more and more value to that resume. So for example, I'll just stick with the same um, example of setting up a retirement account. I took a week and I made appointments, financial planners. I made appointments with financial um, advisors. And I talked to a couple of companies about different ways to incorporate retirement into into small business, meaning using the example of my own company as well as the company that I was working for and just dove deep. And now I can be, it's kind of on my resume that I can speak to all of those questions, concerns, and issues because I took the time to go out and do it. So other people like you can benefit from that. So think about other ways that your employees, if you're not thinking about this on your own, like the growth mindset kind of thing, think about it for yourself too. But like, what are some long-term ways that people can stay engaged in their job? And as I'm saying this, I'm thinking it's exhausting to be an entrepreneur. So spend some time on your own engagement. <laughs> um, but being able to create value in their, your employees or your education, their upskilling, things to look forward to, events to attend, conferences, uh, networking events, you know, putting on a calendar, like maybe if there's somebody that they really, they really look up to, pull some strings and like schedule a one-on-one for them to pick somebody's brain, um, schedule trainings for them to learn new systems, schedule time and place for them to put aside to add a little bit of I don't want to say spice, but I guess spice to their job, things that a lot of times these things can be really in alignment with your company. But let's say, for example, you have an employee that's like super interested in event planning um, and you are an HR consultancy. (laughs) You might not think that there's much value for that employee to spend a ton of time working on their own idea for their own event planning. But I can think of a few ways that that could be really helpful for your company, for our company, for example. So like, how can I keep my employee that's engaged in event and interested in event planning engaged in their job here by creating an opportunity for them to learn more about what they're interested in? And if it adds value, great. But I think it's important to ask those questions. What are you really interested in and how can we draw that parallel? Which also comes with upward mobility. If you don't already have an upward trajectory in your company, that long-term engagement is going to be dependent on that. Where can your employees see themselves going? For many of us small business owners, it's pretty obvious. They're going to either get paid more money, have a higher level title, which also goes back to that upskilling, being able to have a title that's on their resume that makes them eligible for other more high-paying jobs. Things like that can be really, really invaluable to our team members. And in a small business environment, when we're talking about compensation strategy, 
we have to make sure that we're including what's fair for the overinflation of titles. So you do need to be thoughtful about it. But being able to take the time to put together a plan for your employee to have some upward mobility in your company, not only just on their resume, but even just, hey, I know that once I get to three years of employment, like I'm going to be able to have this higher level of investment in my 401k, or I'm going to have the ability to have four weeks of vacation per year, or I'm going to get an assistant. I'm going to be able to have an assistant of my own to kind of do some of that backend stuff that I get bored doing, you know, or whatever the case may be. So that upward mobility could be a title or it could be a change in their job description. It could be additional responsibilities and offloading some of those littler responsibilities. There's so many different ways you can do this, but I think the coolest thing about it is that we can be super collaborative in how we do that. Now, the third checkpoint for employee engagement is making sure that you're taking everything that we've talked about today and there is solid alignment between the mission and values of your company. And I'm talking those internal values, not just the ones that are out there helping you get clients or sell product. Internally, what are the values that you're representing on the day-to-day basis? How can you align your mission and values together in order for there to be something that your person, that your employee that's working for you can show up every day and know that they're contributing to that. This takes a lot of authenticity on your part because you have to make sure that you're you're walking the walk. You can't just show up to work and completely go against your values. If your values are freedom and flexibility, but you have people chained to their desks and clocking every minute and time tracking every second that they are at work, that's going to create a different type of culture than what you're one you're actually trying to shoot for. So make sure and I'm not saying that that's a bad culture. I think it's actually really cool because if you're really articulate and authentic about what your values are as a leader, that is going to seep into your company. So being able to know who you are as a leader and then being able to infuse that makes it really aligned for you as well. And then of course, you know, we're talking about situations where we're trying to keep our employees engaged, which means we're not talking about hiring strategy or the things that come first in order to ensure that we have a solid foundation for things like aligning mission and values. But in this particular case, I would say that having these conversations upon hiring is super, super important. You're going to hear that everywhere, but this is why. Because they come up when we're talking about getting people engaged, when we're talking about getting discretionary effort from people. It's that extra effort that they don't have to do, but they want to, they care, they want to throw it in there, they, they're they interested in it. It doesn't even feel like work, that discretionary effort. So keeping in mind that aligning those mission and values can really be a way for you to strategically have conversations with your team members that will increase the longevity and also the quality of work that they're producing for your company. So on that note, if you're able to find a link between a value that you have in your company and something that your employee can show up every day being proud that they're working on, it's a really great way to start. Oftentimes we think about what we're doing as a service and then we create our values from there. But how can we go a little bit deeper? So let me think of an example. I think that one really, really good example is just talking about the different opportunities that we've had to help clients in small business. So for example, I have a really amazing operations manager at a company that one of the companies I work for. And she is really passionate about making sure that our community footprint is really obvious. So creating opportunities for um, 
volunteering or especially she's very passionate about about foster kids. So she tries to find ways to enroll our company in programs that contribute to the causes that she really cares about. And yes, of course, that's really valuable to the company because it's creating a way for us to reach out to our communities. But more than that, it's really valuable for her. So she can create these programs like a food drive or something along those lines that goes along with our company value of being in, of enriching our community and serving the youth of our community, which happens to be one of those company values, and getting aligned with different charities and different events and things like that, signing up for them, being a part of them, representing the company, but, but leading the way there. Um, that really draws a parallel between her personal values and the, the values of the company. It's doing good in the community, and it's also doing good for her because she's more and more engaged in her responsibilities. So I think it's really cool to be able to find those links, and it's also really personal. So you have to spend some time figuring that out. But if you want to be able to have really solid one-on-ones with your employees, I always suggest coming back to these three main topics. After every conversation that you have with an employee, you should be able to understand where they're getting their short-term value for their job, where they're getting their long-term value in their job, and how aligned they are in our mission and values. So one of the bigger, I guess, topics for that is going to be actually sitting down and listening to them and talking with them and also asking those questions. So make sure that you stay tuned because that's all we've got for you today. When it comes to employee engagement, we want to make sure that you're having those really productive conversations, but it is an ongoing thing and it can change over time. It's not something you just check off your list. And if you want to make sure that you are really showing up authentically and leading your team in a really positive way, then stay tuned for our, we have a few resources coming out and our management course. So definitely check that out. You can grab the link in the show notes, get signed up for our wait list. Um, But I can't wait to dive even more into this about how to have these really awesome conversations and how to use these conversations to get the most out of your people and get the most out of your company. But tune in next Wednesday for another amazing discussion about managing small business and reach out, reach out if you have any questions or if anything really resonated with you. We'd love to chat on Instagram or if you're thinking about getting some high level support for your people operations in your business, including compliance as well as management, then please visit our website, fill out our contact form, and let's do a quick 30-minute chat and we'll figure out where you're at and how we can best support you or you know which resources we have already that could support you where you're at. Thanks so much for listening. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.